The song of Hazinu is one of the songs that were chanted by the Levim, by the Levites, when the Shabbos Mus of sacrifice was brought. In the laws of the holiday sacrifices, Tamidim Umusafim, Maimonides writes, In the Mus of sacrifices of Shabbos, the song of Hazinu is chanted. They would recite in accordance with a mnemonic, Hezai and Yudvov Lamid Kof, dividing the Song of Hazinu into six sections, each of which began with a letter of the mnemonic, and it would be read over six days in the synagogue. One segment is recited each Sabbath. After the song was completed on six Sabbaths in the temple, they would return to the beginning. So Shabbos and Shul, we read the portion divided into six sections. In the temple, this was read, apportioned into six segments, and was read over six Sabbaths, over six Shabbatot. There's something here that requires clarification. The content of the song of Hazinu are words of rebuke. As words of rebuke, there's a novel way these words are read in the synagogue. Maimonides says, whoever is called to read from the Torah should begin reading with a positive matter and conclude with a positive matter. However, in Parshas Hazinu, the first person called to the Torah reads until Zhor Yemot Olam. The second begins from Zhor Yemot Olam and continues until the word Yarkivehu. The third reads from Yarkivehu until Vayar Hashem Vayinites. The fourth reads from Vayar Hashem Vayinats until Lu Chachmu. The fifth reads from Lu Chachmu until Ki Esa El Shamayim Yadi. The sixth reads from Ki Esa El Shamayim Yadi until the conclusion of the song. Why is the Torah reading paused at these points? because these are verses of rebuke, and the intent is that they motivate the people to repent. But words of rebuke, tochacha, and words of song, shira, are two very separate and disparate things. In fact, they are two opposite things. Nachmanides explains the Torah appellation to the portion of Hazinu, Hashira Hazos, this song saying, that it is called Shira a song, and it was written in the format of a song, written as songs as poems are. Of course, we can say that it's only for this reason, because it's written as a song, as a shir, that Hazina was established as a song that the Levites sang in bringing the Musaf sacrifices. The other songs of the Levium that were sung when sacrifices were brought are not written in prose, but they are praise and songs to God. Beginning with the song of the day that the Levium, the Levium or the Levites sang on Sunday, which begins with the words, God's is the earth and all that fills us, fills it. He's the master and ruler over his world. To the song of the day of Shabbos, Sing a song for the day of Shabbos, a reference either to the days of redemption, when the world will be in an eternal Shabbos, or to God's rest on Shabbos. The same for the songs of the Levites on Shabbos afternoon, not written as song, but all in praise of God. 
These are all not written as songs yet. They are the songs the Levium sang. So why the words of rebuke of Hazinu as a song to accompany these sacrifices? Hazinu is actually referred to as Tushbechasa, praise by the Targum, and it's counted as one of the ten songs of the revealed goodness and kindness of God, beginning with the song of Adam, who sang Mizmor Shir Liom HaShabbos, to the final and last song that we will sing soon going out of exile. We can understand why the portion in general is called song, as the words of this song are a clear promise of the future redemption, as seen at the conclusion and even at the beginning of the song. But once the entire section is not to be said at one time, as we mentioned, but is divided into six different Shabbatot, this becomes confusing. The first sections of the readings speak of God's kindnesses to the Jewish nation, and this is true of the final portion. In the final portion, God promises that he will not destroy the nation and that in the end we will merit redemption. So we get the Shira aspect of these, but the middle portions that speak of the great decline of the nation and the punishments our nation will receive surely cannot be seen as Shira on the Shabbatot that they are read. There are several opinions regarding the division of the Shira over the six weeks. According to Rashi, on the fourth Shabbos, they read the portion that begins with the words, and God saw and was angered, and concludes with God's declaring that if not for the obtuse nations who would foolishly take credit for Israel's demise, God would have utterly destroyed the Jewish nation. This portion speaks only of the punishment of the nation. The fifth portion, too, according to Rashi, from if not for the nations who would take credit for Israel's demise, to with the words when the Lord will judge his people, is, as Rashi explains, Moshe testifying against them with words of reproof. And this song should be a witness for Israel's reproof. The Rambam, Maimonides, however, sees the division of the portions differently. The fourth portion, according to the Maimonides, is from the words, God saw and was angered until the words, if they were wise, they would understand this, they would reflect upon their fate. This portion division, according to Maimonides, includes the verse, if not for evoking God's anger upon the nations who would foolishly want to take credit for Israel's destruction, which is the actual reason that God did not destroy the nation. And the fifth portion begins, For I raise up my hand to heaven and say, As I live forever, which incorporates the verses that speak words of consolation and of God's divine assistance. So according to the division of Maimonides, there's no portion that's just about punishment, as even the two middle portions contain words of consolation. Yet we understand that even according to the opinion of Maimonides, this doesn't warrant calling this portion a song to God, as the primary number of verses in this portion in its entirety are words of rebuke. This certainly can be, cannot be said of the fourth portion, where the only consolation is that God didn't wipe us out because of his anger were the nations who would want to take 
credit for our destructions, and that really can't be said much to be much of a consolation. We weren't wiped out because of God's frustration with the nations. In fact, Maimonides himself declares this forewarning with a precise way that he words this. The Talmud presents this saying, the Musaf offerings were offered with a recitation of the Levites. What would they recite? Rav Anan Barava said that Rav said they would recite in accordance with a mnemonic, Hey Zayin Yud, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, Kof. They would divide the Song of Hazinu into six sections, each of which began with a letter of the mnemonic. Give ear, Hazinu, you heavens. Remember the days of old. He made him ride the word Yarkivehu on the high places of earth. The Lord saw it, Vayar, and spurned. Were it not Lule that I dread the enemy's provocation? For he, the Lord, will judge his people. Rav Hanan Barava said that Rav said, in the manner that the verses of the song of Hazinu are divided here for the recitation of the additional offerings of Shabbos in the temple, so too are they divided when they're read in the synagogue on Shabbat. Maimonides, however, differs in two ways from the wording in the Talmud. The Gemara says that it's divide, as it's divided in the temple, so it's divided when read in the synagogue. Maimonides says the division in the temple is as it is in the synagogue. Second difference is that the Talmud uses the term division, six divisions. Maimonides uses the term recitals, six recitals over six weeks. Maimonides also adds to the wording in the Talmud in writing, Bumusfei Shabbos Oimrim Shiras Hazinu. For the Musaf offering of the Shabbos, the song Hazinu is recited. It's divided into six segments, Hazivlach, the mnemonic, just as it's read in the synagogue. So Maimonides begins this halacha differently, adding the words the song of Hazinu is recited before he introduces how it's divided into six readings. And he concludes by adding, after the song is completed on the sixth Sabbath, they would return to the beginning. What Maimonides is explaining with these changes and additions is what the category of the song of Hazinu is in the Musaf offering of the Shabbos. Maimonides clarifies that the individual portions aren't a single self-standing song sung each Shabbos. Rather, every Musaf of Shabbos was part of the song of Hazinu. They're a single article, a single song of Hazinu. And in the synagogue, read in six parts. And in the temple, the song was a portion to be sung over six weeks and then begun anew when the six weeks end. Maimonides is emphasizing the fact that it's a single obligation, a single mitzvah, to be read over six weeks. As it was in the temple, they sang the song of Azinu with a mus of sacrifice apportioned and recited over six weeks. 
and at the conclusion of the six weeks, it was considered to have been the conclusion of this one mitzvah, and thus they would begin again. The significance of the emphasis Maimonides puts on understanding that this is a single entity is so that we have an understanding of the theme of the entire song of Hazinu, which is that not only are all parts of the song, including the words of rebuke that are a result of sin and the consequence of sin, all part of the description that we have early on in verse 4, the deeds of the mighty rock are perfect, for all his ways are just, a faithful God without injustice. He is righteous and upright, which speaks to the righteousness of God, but does not yet give us a sense of shira, of song or joy, but to tell us that all the events of our lives, even those that look like they are not good, occur because they are part of the ultimate purpose for which we exist, which is the ultimate redemption. Every event is a step in the journey of our nation towards redemption and the ultimate revelation for all the world to see the total sovereignty of God. There is yet a need for further clarification of why the Song of Hazinu requires a division over six weeks in order to be able to grasp this message of redemption. The answer to this lies in a deeper insight into the daily song of the Levites, which, so to speak, matches up to the Shabbos Musaf song. The daily songs of the week speak of the ways and events that reveal godliness in God's world. But Shabbos, when God rests from all his work, his greatness is revealed in his transcendence of world and creation. And all revelations on Shabbos are connected to the transcendent parts of this world, which are the Torah and the Jewish people. Just as in the song sung to God during the six days of the week, each one reflects God's greatness in creation, the song of Shabbos speaks of God's ultimate purpose for creation, which is fulfilled through our nation and our connection to Torah. The song of day one, of Sunday, is that the world and all that fills it is God's. The Talmud explains this as God acquiring the world, transferring it to man, but it is God who is in control of the world. This is reflected in the first portion of Hazinu, which speaks similarly about Israel and the Torah. On the words, my lesson will drip like rain, Rashi explains the Torah, which I gave to Israel, which provides life to the world, is just like this rain, which provides life to the world, when the heavens drip down dew and rain. So it is with the Torah that God has given us to give life to the world. And the concluding words of the first portion, the words of verse 6, Pasuk Vav, which state, Hu avicha konecha hu ascha vayechaynecha. He's your father, your master. He has made you and established you. The very existence of a Jew is completely bound up with God. On the second day, the song of the day speaks of the greatness of God and how praiseworthy he is, which the Talmud explains as a reflection of the second day of creation when God separated his works, dividing between the upper waters and the lower waters and ruled over them as king. And this psalm speaks of Jerusalem as the city of a great king. 
This song speaks to God's revelation within creation. This is then represented in the second portion of Hazinu, which tells us, when the Most High gave nations their lot, when he separated the sons of men, he set up the boundaries of peoples according to the number of the children of Israel, which speaks to the division God created between nations and the nation of Israel. And more specifically, how this division manifests is through the fact that we as a nation took Torah and God's sovereignty upon ourselves. The verses in Hazinu then speak of God's kindnesses to us as a nation, further echoing the message of Monday, of how great and how praiseworthy is God. On Tuesday, the third day, the song of the day speaks of God's judgment and might, referencing the name of God, Elohim, the name of God that serves as a shield to the ineffable name of God, Havaya, protecting the world, so to speak, from the burning sun via the shield around the sun, but also the name Elohim conceals the light of Havaya, the light that transcends nature, and what we can witness or see is then only nature. Hence, the name Elohim is numerically equivalent to the word Hateva, the nature. The Talmud explains that this idea is expressed in this verse of Tuesday's song, because when we say Elohim stands, since he revealed the earth in his wisdom and prepared the world for his people, first, there was an expression of revealed world, of what was previously hidden within the world of concealment, where what is concealed becomes entirely one with its source, like fish are concealed, and so to speak, one with the sea. And then in this revelation, God allowed for the experience of land and earthliness to be revealed. This corresponds to what was sung in the third portion of Hazinu, that we became detached from God and forgot the God who formed us. On the fourth day, on Wednesday, the Levites would say, Kel nekames Hashem, Kel nekames hefia, God of vengeance, Hashem, God of vengeance, appear. God created the sun and the moon and will eventually take retribution upon those who worship these entities. Similarly, in the fourth portion of the Song of Hazinu, we read verses describing the punishments of the Jewish people. On Thursday, in the daily song, they would say, Harninu lelokim uzenu hariu lelokeyakov, sing joyously to the God of our strength, call out to the God of Jacob. And in the fifth portion of Azinu, we recite words of consolation that will come upon them, which is allow us, which allow us to actually sing. On Friday in the daily song, the Levites would say, Hashem has reigned. He has dressed himself in grandeur and in strength. And in the sixth portion of Hazinu, the verses describe the redemption at the end of days, when God's sovereignty will be revealed in its full strength and might. Thus we can say, Lamad v'nimsa lil just as the six portions of the Song of Hazinu make up one entire song, as we said earlier, the same applies to the songs of the six or seven workdays of the week. 
These are not individual songs with one special song per day, but rather they are one long and whole song sung in six parts. In that case, the song of the fourth day, God is a God of vengeance, that he created a sun and a moon, but will judge those who serve them, is a part of the singular theme of these six or seven days of song, that through this the sovereignty of God will be revealed for all. As occurs frequently this year, the portion of Hazinu is read on Shabbos Shuvah. Accordingly, we could suggest that in the portion of Hazinu, there is reference not only to the essence of the ten days of repentance and the call to repentance through invoking the words of rebuke, but also the special service of repentance or return of Shabbos Shuvah itself. The difference between the days of Teshuvah and the service of Teshuvah of Shabbos is that during the weekdays, Teshuvah is a Teshuvah Tata'a, a lower form of repentance, and the service of Teshuvah on Shabbos makes it possible for us to access a higher form of Teshuvah, Teshuvah Ila'a. Though this is true for Teshuvah repentance throughout the year versus repentance in the ten days designated for Teshuvah, Aseres Yemei Teshuvah, the repentance of Shabbos Shuvah brings the service of repentance of these ten days to a state of wholeness. The primary difference between a lower form of repentance and a higher form of repentance in man's soul experience is that the lower form of repentance is a result of a broken and lowly heart. It is inherently associated with bitterness, whereas a higher form of repentance brings great joy. This is actually alluded to in the Song of Hazinu. Hazinu incorporates the words of rebuke and the suffering of these words, which motivate the people to repentance. But also, the words of Hazinu are a song, and as such, these words of song are sung by the Levites over the sacrifice using instruments to accompany them, all of which speaks to the idea of joy. In fact, in the words of rebuke in the Torah, we are told that song is necessary in the service of God. The verse tells us that punishment may come upon us because we didn't serve God with joy and gladdened hearts. And the Talmud then tells us that this service of the heart is the service of joy, the service of song. The explanation that the song of Hazinu is a higher form of tshuva, as it is read on Shabbos Shuva, connects to the ideas expressed in the portion of Hazinu itself. The instruction to record this song was literally so that this would be an eternal song, an eternal witness and reminder to our nation's study of Torah and observance of mitzvahs with enthusiasm. Though the lesson learned in the verse that instructs us to record this song is explained by our sages as the instruction for every Jew to write a Sefer Torah, the words Hashira Hazos, this song, is quite specifically used. Literally, this seems to reflect on the portion of Hazinu, which is the witness for the ongoing enthusiastic observance of the entire Torah. 
This is highlighted by the fact that this song of Hazinu is all incorporated in one long chapter in the Torah, in chapter 32, Lev, which alludes to the Torah in its entirety as Torah begins with a base of Bereshit and ends with a lamid of the word Le'ene, Le'ene kol Yisrael before the eyes of all of Israel, hence Lev. More than that, what this song achieves is much like the function of the heart. The entire body's life force is dependent on the heart, and the Torah is dependent on the witness of the song of Hazinu. Hazinu is the heart of the entire Torah. This is really what Teshuvah return is about, specifically the higher form of return. Teshuvah ilah is not a repentance from sin, but rather it's a form of divine service to bring the soul back to its source and to its root so it can cleave to God. That service of returning the soul to its root brings consistency and enthusiasm into one's divine service and to one's relationship with God. One's actions are no longer just actions. They become deeds that light the way. Through our tshuva, we are immediately redeemed in a personal redemption, and everyone merits the fulfillment of a conclusively signed and sealed good year on Yom Kippur. And this brings us to a general redemption, the redemption of our people, the true and complete redemption, when we will merit to sing a sheer chadash, a new song, in the eternal redemption from which we will never experience another exile speedily in our days, Mamash.